you may be seated. It is good to be here this morning. It's um, it's good to be able to come and, and worship together. And again, we appreciate all your prayers. We appreciate you as you prayed for us over this past week. This time last week, we were at an orphanage there in in Quito, and it's a it's a girl orphanage to where they take young girls that are instead of going out on the street and being battered and who knows what. They take them in, and weeks before, the young girls were able to go on mission. They were able to go and do so many things. They we, they took them. One Heart Global Ministries took them, and and they were able to go and, and love on the people. And it's amazing that one of them made a made a statement. And and I think as y'all read, y'all read lots of comments and lots of pictures, and y'all saw a lot all through the week. But one of them said, and you got to realize these girls have they have maybe a, a twin bed, and they got the they got the clothes on the body, a few clothes, a twin bed, maybe a Barbie doll or a doll or something like that. And and we they all got to share with us what their most um what meant so much to them while they were doing missions and up in the, the high areas and one of the girls said that, you know, uh, she realized how much she had. She said, We have so much. And those people there have nothing. And she's speaking out of out of her poverty. She's speaking out. She, but in her mind, she had so much because she had a roof on her head. She had a good, nice, clean place to to live. She had food. Oh, God is God is good. And and it's amazing how no matter where we are, whether we whether we have a lot or have a little, when you have God, when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, you look at this world through a totally different lens than everybody else. When Christ is is all, stuff don't matter. Things don't matter. The the stuff of this world, it it, it just falls away. It pales. It just it just it's not important. Um it was a good week, a really, really good week. It was um the mountains are real. The y'all saw the pictures. Fourteen thousand feet, twelve thousand feet, ten thousand feet. It's real. It it it's hard to breathe. I'm sitting up here and I'm saying a whole lot really quick, and I'm not able to do that like that. Some people ask me, "How in the world do you go to Ecuador and talk so much through the translator?" Well, I say a little bit, and then I get to breathe while she talks. I say a little bit, and then she I get to breathe while she talks. But Listen, continue to pray for them down there. They're they're working right now. They're serving right now. They continuously go out. Pastor Aurelio, Sister Clemencia, you'll hear more about that name. And the pastors, Marcos, you heard a little bit. You read a little bit about. I think Casey put out a post on, on him when we went into the village. And they, it was sort of standoffish. And then before we left, there was a church there. And it was on fire. Had an opportunity to speak. And we went to like 17 different churches. This trip, again, was a commercial. It was a... It was a opportunity for you to see, not through my post, but through Rob Casey's, Miss Marilyn's posts and pictures and Facebook posts, and you get to hear them that God is doing amazing things. And the question I had the whole time for them and for us, even before we went, is where does Chapel Hill fit? And there are places, there are lots of places to where uh, God has given us an opportunity to whether we're going or whether we're serving or just whatever. So I want to encourage you to continue to pray for how this whole big thing fits. It's not, I go in and tell you, it's not one of those one and dones. That's it's, it's never been. I've been going now for, um, I don't know, what, oh, 
first of 09 is when I first went, and I, that's where we are. That's where God's left me, and, and it just, it's not a one and done. It's not a, well, that's, we glad we got to do that one. We're missionaries now. No, it's none of that. It's how, where does God put us in this great big picture? As I said, we got to go to many churches. I got to uh, speak and share. And this morning, I got three sermons. There's three sermons in one. I'm basically just going to preach what I preach down there. Three different sermons, and it's amazing how the Lord evolved, how the message evolved. The day, the first day, we actually got to do a whole lot was um, well, not the first day, but once we settled in and we went to Sabatis, it's a community there, and I, I was able to preach that night. But we literally went to the ends of the road. We're up in as high as you can possibly get. I mean, it's just, and, and the villages stop, and the road stops, and you get to the very, very tip of the road. There's no more road, and there's no side rails, and there's miles down. And right there, when you get to the very tip of the road, there's a church. And dirt floor, cardboard boxes, keep the rain out, and the wind, because it's very cold, you're very high. And I knew I was preaching that night in Sabatis. And the Lord had given me these two individuals. He had given me these two people. And this morning, this morning, uh, the title of the morning is the universal gift. And when you think about that, what do you, what do you immediately think of? Universal gift. You think of, well, Jesus. You think of salvation. You think of the hope that was given to the world. It's, it's, it's a gift. Yes, but I want to, I want to go back. I, I want to, I want to personalize that for us. The universal gift, whether you're hearing at what Casey sent me, we're, we've got this app on, the, on Facebook, not on Facebook, but this app on our phones where we just, we're looking regularly at our elevations. I'm standing at 288 feet. So it's very easy to breathe at 288 feet. But whether you're at 14,500 feet or whether you're at 288 feet, there's a gift that God has given us, and it's a huge responsibility that comes with this gift, and it's the gift of choice. Choice. We get to wake up, whether you're way out there, whether you're, you're forgotten, whether you're at the end of the road to where, look, nobody goes there. Nobody is going there. There's no, I'm, I'm honest, there's nobody else going there. Or whether you're here when you have stuff upon stuff upon stuff. Go to Genesis chapter 12. You see a guy, the, the gift of, the universal gift, the gift of choice. We have a choice. In Genesis chapter 12, you know exactly what this is. This is God looking at, at Abraham, and he tells Abraham in Genesis 12, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And notice in the next few verses, he does not tell him where he is going. He doesn't tell him what he is going to do. He doesn't tell him why he is going. He doesn't give him any information whatsoever. He just says go. And notice verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. Obedience. We have a choice to obey every single day. Every single day of our life, we have a choice to obey. And you know, unlike Abram, the, the deal is we know we have the Holy Spirit inside of us guiding us, telling us, leading us into truth, leading us to do the things He desires us to do. We have His Word 
which clearly says, don't do this and go do this. This is who you are as a believer. This is who I saved you to be. We have that choice to go and be exactly who God saved us to be. And that is a universal truth for every human being. In Scripture, you have people that obeyed, and then you have people go over to Jonah. Find it. Find it. It's a tiny book. They take you a second. And down there, I would have said, page what, 722? Down there, we would give out Bibles everywhere we went. We're looking for Jonah. It's after Obadiah. It's after Amos. Keep looking. It's in there. It's a tiny one. It's about a few little chapters. Look for Jonah. You know the story, but look at it. Down there in all the villages, and it wasn't villages. They're communities. They're straight-up communities. Communities from a couple of hundred all the way up to 500 or so. 5,000 communities all over, and we've been in like 500 and we have churches in about 37, 38 of those communities now. So there's lots and lots and lots of work to continually be done. Abraham was not told where to go. He was not told what he was going to be doing. And he was not told why he was supposed to go. But Jonah, Jonah on the other hand. You got Abraham who verse 4 of Genesis 12 just got up and went. Didn't have a clue where he was going. He was told to leave his family, leave his daddy, leave his land, and just go. It made no sense, but he obeyed. Jonah got all the details he needed. He knew the task. He knew where he was going. He knew why he was going there. He knew his role. He was to go preach. He was to go to Nineveh. He was to preach. Because God told him to. He, was, he knew everything he needed to know. Verse 1 of Jonah 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. He knew where he was going, that great city, and cry against it. Go preach. This is where you're going, and this is what you're going to do. For their wickedness has come up before me. This is why you're going. Because I'm going to destroy them if they don't repent. Jonah had everything needed. He had, he had all the answers. He had all the answers. God was so clear. Church, we have a choice. Be like Abraham and just by faith get up and go. Or Jonah, look at what Jonah did. We know the story, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee. Up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Universal gift is that gift of choice. God, we're not puppets. I wish, I've always said, I wish we were puppets. I wish we were puppets. Wouldn't it be so much easier? We would just do what God told us to do. He'd say, go, we'd go. He'd say, get up and go talk to them. We'd go talk to them. Hey, I want you to do this. We'd go do it. We just would be puppets, little little, little on a string guys. That's, that would be so awesome. And you say, no, it wouldn't. I'm like, yes, it would. Because a holy God would be in control of us. He would be directing every, every thought, every action, every word. He would be dominant in all things. But He's given us choice. And unfortunately, we don't always do what Abraham does. Whether you're in the forgotten villages high in the mountains, and that's not the only country with forgotten villages. Or whether you're in a place with so much excess and so much, I mean, we're sickening. We're sickening when we think about it. Back many years ago, 
who we always do Christmas, we always do a big Christmas for them down there. Started out being a couple of hundred, then it grew into a thousand, then it grew into many thousands. This year they're they're preparing for like three thousand kids that they're gonna do Christmas for. Several years ago I did what a good American knows to do. We always did shoe boxes. Uh, we do lots of shoe boxes. We always did shoe boxes. And the Lord changed my heart on shoe boxes. And we, instead of giving them to where we could not see, instead of putting them in the hands of the kids that we did not see, not that I've, I've always been a huge, I've always been a billboard. You could have made me a billboard for Samaritan's Purse many, many years ago. But God changed my heart because we were sending it and we did not know where they were going price kept going up and we would we would love and we would serve and 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 I did it on mass scale we would send thousands of shoe boxes because we would collect year round I mean we were constantly every every month this is what we were bringing in and we had storage rooms of nothing we'd have thousands of tooth toothbrushes and toothpaste and all that stuff that you put in shoe boxes forever and ever the Lord changed my heart on that, and He said, Look, I want you to give it to the kids you see. I want you to give it to the kids who are forgotten. I want you to give it to the ones to where... And that's what we started doing. We started giving, and we started doing Christmas. But I did it one year as, as a good American does. I, I just took our same shoebox mentality and said, Hey, we're going to do Christmas. I don't know how many it was, maybe 1,500, 1,800 kids or so. We're going to do Christmas for them. And we gave massive baskets. I think we took like 70-something black and yellows. Black and yellows are the, what, 33-gallon, 33-27-gallon totes. You see them. They're sitting around. The big totes, black, black bottom, yellow top. You know what I'm talking about. Lowe's has them. We filled them up with stuff. And we went down there. And we took gobs of stuff. Spent three days in the center there. Y'all saw many pictures of the center. Took... Three days for us to just sit in the center and, and sort and go through it because we got so much stuff. And we go and we, we got these bags. These kids were opening and, and we just set the bags in front of them. And, and we as Americans, what do we do? We open on Christmas morning. We, our kids open at 100 miles an hour and you see paper flying and you see, all right, and you're, you're thinking, hey, I spent $300 on that, and you just set it aside, and you open the next one, and hey, I just spent 150 on that, and you laid it to the side, and hey, I just spent 12 on that, and you lay it to the side, and before long, you get $1,000 plus dollars laid to the side, and the kids are sitting there saying, <laughs> you know what I mean, next, next, I took my American mind down there, and first place, Kids come in. When the kids opened their present, she grabbed her doll and she held it. And we're like, yeah, but look at this. She's like, no, I don't want that. I got this. But look at this. Look, 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 look what else you've got. No, I've got this. Totally changed my heart on it. Totally changed my mind on it. Whether you're there or whether you're here, whether you don't have much or you just got gaudy amounts of everything, you've still got to choose to obey God. What are you doing with what you got? What are you doing with the little bit you've got? Abraham was told by God, I want you to do X, and he, he went. We're told 
we're told clearly by God what he desires for us to do. Or we go into be, and this is what I stood in that first church and spoke through a translator to those few people in a good, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight minutes or whatever. You have a choice. You either, you either be like Abraham and walk in obedience to God, or you be like Jonah and know exactly what God wants from you and you run. Church, you either do what God tells you to do and obey Him, or we sin and we rebel and we say no to a holy and righteous God, to Him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to Him it is sin. Then I transitioned and and then I was able to move on and we started talking. We just went to several churches and it was like the conversation changed. I saw how we were giving these Bibles out to these children and we were giving these Bibles out to these adults. And, and just think, many of, many of the kids today, they don't know how to read. Many of the young people don't know how to read. Many of the adults do not know how to read, but some do. So we're putting the Word of God into them and I joke about, turn to page 722. 722, I believe, was where we started in Mark and I I'd earmark, I'd say, go to Mark and earmark it. And that's where we're going to start reading. And, and then there was the, the Romans 10, 9 through 13. I think it was over at, what, 9, 33 or something like that. These are the two pages, and we'd earmark that one, and we'd read it together. And I was looking at all these, I was looking at these believers, and I was looking at these non-believers all in a room together, and I said, look, you have a great responsibility. You can, every single day of your life, choose to be an example to those people that are watching you. You have, an, you have an opportunity every single day. You know, it's a choice to, I'm going to live in my own bubble or I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to live as if nobody, nobody's looking at me and I don't care what anybody thinks about me. The Bible tells us that we're the light of the world, we're the salt of the earth, we're not to hide ourselves. The Bible tells us that we're ambassadors, that we're difference makers, that we are heralds, spokes persons of the gospel that's who we are not to be ashamed of the gospel that's who we are and the world is watching us and I was sitting there and the Lord talks to me as I'm preaching he always does I kind of know what I'm going to say somewhat kind of maybe sometimes but the Lord just constantly talks to me as I stand before even you and he tells me say this say this say this and I try to be obedient and you know yes we yes we we have our children I know you've talked about it we've got those little ones that watching mom and daddy you know, they hear the preacher, but you know what validates it from, for the kids, mom and dad? It, it really does. Why? Because they're going to grow up one of these days. Remember, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Well, look, you didn't pay him no attention. Why should I? You're not listening to him. Why should I? You, you walk in the room, and you sit there, but I see how you act. Why should I? Our kids are watching us. Those at work are watching us. They know where we're parking. Many of us guys, they see us on a Thursday night. They see us loving kids. They see our faces are splashed over Facebook, social media, all over the place. The world, not just little people, but big people are watching us too. They know we're here. They know we claim the name of Jesus. They know it, but we have a choice to either obey it or disobey it. We have a choice to go out and be his hands and feet to the world. But as I was speaking on one of those churches, and it's literally, these messages evolved from here to here. And then there was a third one. Yes, we live it before our sons and our daughters. Yes, we live it before the world. And then God spoke to me just as clearly, but we, 
We also live it every single day before Him. He sees us. He knows the motives of our heart. The intentions of our heart. He sees. You know what He sees? He sees when we acknowledge, I hear you, Lord. I hear your word. I hear your nudge. I, I hear what you're telling me. I know exactly what you want me to do. But I'm not going to listen. Kids don't see that. world don't see that. But he sees that. Greatest gift's the choice too. You know what the choice is? I hear you, Lord. I'll go. I hear you, Lord. I'll do it. I'll hear I hear you, Lord. I'll stop. I hear you, Lord. I'm sorry. I hear you, Lord. Forgive me. I hear you, Lord, and I choose to obey you. We have that, and I don't want to say freedom. They've lived for years and years under a socialist government, and they laugh at us because they're like, how in the world, why in the world do you want to go to socialism? We're, you do not want to do that. they got a little bit of freedom now, so, but it's not about a freedom. Greatest gift's not freedom because there's people that are being oppressed who choose to obey there's people who are being, are being totally squashed out and, and murdered and they're choosing to obey. So the family is watching, kids are watching, yes. The world's watching, yes. But God's watching, most importantly. Next sermon. Kind of transition to the next day. We went in seven churches one day. That was a long day. That was a lot of churches. That's a lot of places. I was, I was, I mean, day one I was all right, but then we got exhausted. We started preaching. You're standing in front of them. You're standing in front of people. And listen, you heard Casey mention on one of his posts about how we went in and their, and, and their hearts were totally changed. I didn't do anything to change anybody's heart. I can't convict a person of sin and error. I can't convict a person of anything. I can just stand before them and say what the word of God says and it transforms the soul God does it you got to stand before many 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 people and, and tell them the, the gospel and we use this the same old thing you don't look at this and say it's silly don't ever look at this and say oh we're hearing it again don't ever look at it and say wow because I promise you there's somebody there's probably one person at least in this room that that looks, that looks it and acts it and talks it and walks it. But you're lost. And you know that. But you know what? The Bible tells us that every person, and I got to stand before many people, every person's a sinner. We all lie, cheat, steal. We do things we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't. We rebel against a holy God. God is perfect and holy, and, and, and where He is, where God is, is absolutely perfect. Heaven is perfect, and He's not going to let sin in His perfect heaven. God is infinitely good, and there's no way, there's, there's nothing that you and I can do to bridge that gap. 
God will not, is not, ain't going to let a sinner into his perfect heaven. We are eternally separated from God. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then there's a judgment. And the only hope that any of us have at that joy of judgment is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus come and took the punishment. The Bible says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And imagine having never heard that. What's even more sickening is people who hear it regularly and say, I hear you, Lord, but I'm not going to choose that one today. Universal gift is we get to choose to accept Him or reject Him. I can't save you. I can't change you. I mean, this is either just a story or it's your only hope. This was either a good, just a good man, and you say, hey, men wrote that book, and it's been passed down, and, and that's a man's story, and that's just to manipulate and control minds. I can't change your mind on that. Only the Holy Spirit can change your mind on that. But the only hope any one of us has is Jesus. He died. He took the sacrifice. He took the punishment. He sacrificed Himself, and He took the punishment that we rightfully deserve. And he died. He literally died. And they buried him in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, you and I and every person in 14,500 feet and beyond and every person at sea level has hope. Has hope. There is a way to be in the presence of God. There is a way for sinful man to be brought back into a relationship with Christ. That there is nothing you can do. I can be on a mission trip. I can get on a plane this afternoon and head back down. I can be on a plane and head to Afghanistan. I can be on a plane and head wherever. I can take every dime I've got and stick it in this bank. I can be dunked after dunked after dunked and none of it washes away sin. You can't be good enough. Even one sin. One little lie. God is not going to let a liar in heaven. God is not going to let a cheat. God is not going to let that person who hears just like Jonah heard. This is who I am. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to be. I hear you, but no. God's not going to let that in His heaven. It's only through the cross only through the empty tomb, only through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross can sinful man be brought back into a right relationship with a holy God. Only through the cross. And you know what the universal gift is? Each man, woman, boy, and girl has to choose. Do we accept Him? And say, no, I'm going to do it my own way. Or do we, do we reject Him or do we accept Him? Salvation is offered to every person. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, whether you're there or whether you're here. Whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. 
That's the universal message that every person needs to hear. They must, they, they got to make a choice. Am I going to trust you as Savior or am I going to reject you? I would be a fool. I would be an absolute fool because I, at the end of that, I did that on a whole day through lots and lots of places. And I said, look, if you want, if you know you're lost and you want Jesus to save you and you want to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and it was not a, y'all watched it, it wasn't always one of those, you know how you have it at VBS or we have it at something, it's like a, a chain. I'll go if you go and we just grab each other's hands. It wasn't like I said, if you want to trust Christ as Savior, if you know you're lost and you know you're a sinner, come stand with me and they would stand. You can always watch their faces. You can always see it in their face. You can see the brokenness. You can see the repentance. You can see their eyes. You can see the tears running down their faces. You say, what's the fool part? Well, the fool part's, why don't you do that in America? I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, even at 44, maybe I'm just a wore out old preacher. Maybe I've, I've got tired of it and sick of it. And You lead them. What is it, lead a horse to drink, to water, and can't make him drink? You lead a horse to water time and time and time. I think as a wore out old shell of a preacher, if you only knew, damaged goods, as many times as I've poured my heart out, I can't save nobody. I can't save a soul. I, I can't save anybody. I can't convict anybody. I can't change anybody. I can just tell them about Jesus. And they have to decide. They have to choose whether or not they're going to accept Him or they're going to reject Him. God desires none to perish, no, not even one. He desires all to come to salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Choice is ours. Choice is ours to obey like Abraham or rebel like Jonah. We know the consequences and the rest of the story. The choice is ours to live before the world as ambassadors of Christ, bold, bright, not ashamed of the gospel. Choice is ours. The choice is also ours. What do you do with that Jesus? Greatest story ever told, greatest hopes ever been, greatest brainwashing tool, manipulating tool to get people. I've heard it all. Or is it your only hope? Choice is ours. My prayer is that you know Christ the Savior. My heart's desire for you is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Many were saved this week. They were asking coming home, how many? I don't know. You lose count. There's lots. What did you do? Nothing. Just told them about Jesus. That's it? Yeah. That's it. You hear the gospel and you have to make a decision. And the Holy Spirit of God begins to work inside of you. And you can't run from it. You can't push it away. You can't deny it. You can't get over the fact that, I gotta, that, that, that He's got me. And He's moving in my heart. 
My prayer is that every one of you know Jesus. But if you do not, please trust Him before eternity gets you. Please. Father God in heaven, as we stand before you this morning. Kind of would be neat to be puppets. Because but that's not how you put us together, Lord. You didn't put us together to be puppets. You made us in such a way to where we were given the opportunity to receive forgiveness, to, for, to receive and worship and be your sons and your daughters. God in heaven, if there is even one person in this room right here, Lord, that has never trusted you as Lord and Savior, I pray right now, God, that they would cry out for forgiveness, that they would put their trust in you, that they would repent of their sins, Lord, that they would ask you to be their Lord, God. And I pray that no person can, can this morning push aside the convicting and the moving that you're doing in their life, if there is just one. Lord, if there's some in here that's living like a Jonah right now, Holy Spirit of God, forgive them. Let them repent. God in heaven, if there's, if there's some not living before their kids in the world, and God forbid you the way they should, I pray, Lord, that they would repent. But, Lord, and I pray that if there's just one in here, God has never trusted you as Savior, that this morning they would simply, in childlike faith, ask you to forgive them. In Jesus' name, Amen.